Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Hey, we'd like to take a time out to thank our sponsor. Uh, as you know, our podcast is focused on helping entrepreneurs scale their business and also save time, be more effective, and have a well-rounded life. Well, there's an amazing event coming up in February that's 24 hours of virtual learning. It's called Scale Fest. It's an event like no other. You're going to have 50,000 attendees. There's going to be inspirational tools, opportunities to connect, and it's for anybody looking to grow and scale their business. So a lot of entrepreneurs are going to be interested. There's going to be top speakers. And when I say top speakers, I mean top names in people that know how to scale their business, interactive workshops, deep learning, countless opportunities to connect businesses with products, services, and people. And we are, the call right now is we're looking for exhibitors, speakers, and partners who uh, want to benefit from this and join. Uh, and I, I'll put in my link uh, more detail in a video uh, from the chairman and CEO of ScaleFest. But if you're interested in more, DM me on any of my social medias or look in my link on any social medias. You can find out more details. But those uh, ScaleFest will be our sponsor for the next several months leading up to this amazing event. I hope that you'll participate and be part of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I'm Rick Hyland. I'm here with my special guest, Irina Poddumna Naha. How did I do, Irina? Better on the face, but I'm like Poddumna. Yeah, I know my my surname is a like is a tongue twister, so like uh, I don't expect anyone to pronounce no, it correctly. You're very gracious. Thank you, and thanks for being on the podcast today. Calling in from Bulgaria, so we're excited to have you and. Irina, before we jump into some of your SaaS and e-commerce uh, experience and some lessons learned you have to share with the listeners today, why don't you share a little bit of background about yourself? Well, all right. Uh, so basically, my journey in entrepreneurship started when I moved to China with my husband at some point, and uh, like without speaking Chinese, we started an e-commerce uh, fulfillment center. Uh, like when we ran it for two and a half years, that was uh, an adventure that uh, not a lot of people know <laughs> about. Uh, and then we, uh, like after that business went bust, uh, we started a new com company uh, that's called trackmage.com. Uh, and uh, we help the e-commerce sellers with post-purchase experience. So basically uh, in China, we were struggling with uh, just notifying the customers about their packages just because we had uh, this uh, tremendous uh, time zone difference between all the customers and us uh, and that's why we need to we needed automation uh, to make sure that everyone is uh, at peace uh, and they don't uh, press the refund button before they receive uh, any updates about their package that's exactly why we implemented it uh, and later we discovered that this tool is very useful for other entrepreneurs uh, especially who are in dropshipping uh, those are the best uh, use cases because they def they definitely deal with uh, long shipping times. Okay, very good. Well, congratulations on that journey and your new business, TrackMage.com. Um, tell us about some of the lessons along the journey. That's what this podcast is all about. Let me start with one of the intriguing comments you had in your bio is, 
how do entrepreneurs uh, make an extra 10% in revenue without hiring extra staff? What, what are your insights on that topic, Irina? Well, this topic uh, is very applicable for businesses that deal with uh, shipping and uh, that deal with physical products. Uh, so it's not that applicable to digital products. But yeah, uh, here's, here's the truth. Uh, when customers are waiting for their orders, uh, they actively are looking for something to do. Uh, and uh, a lot of big companies like Amazon or eBay, they know about this. And they provide uh, tracking information about uh, the product. And also they provide additional products that the customers can buy uh, while they're waiting. Uh, because customers are impatient. And what we've discovered from various tests is that uh, customers visit those tracking pages one or two times uh, per day when they're actively waiting for the order. Uh, let's say they ordered something for their birthday uh, and then they're eagerly waiting for the package to get there. Yep. So this is a huge opportunity of uh, capitalizing all this traffic uh, because this is extra traffic that typically goes to UPS, FedEx, DHL or other carriers and you definitely not make any sales from those but if you uh, introduce the tracking page with your branding with your products with your social media all this uh, extra traffic that you are getting for no cost at all uh, is going to be yours uh, but you, you don't have to give it to ups or uh, fedex or dhl you can just keep it in your store uh, and sell additional products to the customer who are who are already working with your brand, like they already bought something from you. And the best part about it is that while the customers are waiting, they place uh, from 5 to 10% extra orders while we're still waiting. They haven't yet received their package. And that's the best pro of all. So with customer retention uh, going up uh, because they provide, like they get better customer experience and with uh, additional extra sales that you get, this is a no lose deal, really. That's no a very, very practical idea. So you're saying on your tracking page, um, you can put your advertising, you can upsell, downsell, show other products from your services, and they've already bought from you once. So yes. maybe while they're tracking their package and finding out where they were, there might be other interesting uh, items for them to buy. Absolutely. And they also get uh, the seamless branded experience throughout the whole journey uh, because they don't uh, have to Google something like uh, if they just get the tracking number or they get a link to UPS website. That website is not very user friendly, I would say. Sometimes you don't even have the ability to find the exact uh, information that you need. Uh, like recently what happened to me, I was waiting for a package from US uh, and uh, the package was stuck at, in customs. When I came to UPS website, it was just in transit. I didn't get any information, but when I came to TrackMage, <laughs> I, I have seen like, oh, great. Like I need to call them and uh, provide some information so that they uh, actually finish the customs clearance for the package. So yeah, uh, it definitely improves the customer experience because they know exactly where the package is. They know exactly what they need to do. And additionally, they also look at your brand. They look at your social media, they engage, uh, they buy. So yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And like you say, it's a seamless. I heard one company talk about a peace of mind, right? You can know exactly where your products are and you can see other branded products from the client or the customer you're now buying from. Good. 
That is a great, real practical tip. Um, supply chain. Let's talk supply chain. Uh, that's a big issue over the last couple of years. First of all, about shortage in supply chain. Now, maybe too much inventory. Um, but what are your tips for entrepreneurs, particularly physical product uh, selling entrepreneurs, to improve their supply chain? Basically, uh, when it comes to inventory uh, and uh, supply chain is all about like planning your inventory, making sure that uh, you get everything delivered before the deadline and uh, just making sure that customers have the products to buy. Uh, the thing is, uh, like for those uh, who are just starting in e-commerce businesses, it's better to not stack, uh, stack up like those 10,000 units of inventory. So just for the beginners, uh, it's better to uh, sell first, uh, buy second. So so just go completely pool. This is like uh, this is called uh, in supply chain management. It's called the pool strategy. Yep. And then uh, for the established businesses that actually need to satisfy the demand and they can project how much uh, is going to be sold, uh, they should uh, consider even sourcing locally uh, if their product is. Uh, like it's, it's not unique, uh, it doesn't have some kind of private label, uh, they can source them locally uh, just because the shipping times are going to be much more favorable for the current cir circumstances. Uh, with uh, shipping from China, sometimes we can see up to two months of delivery time. And through that time, uh, who knows what is going to happen? The customer might cancel the order uh, and uh, they will not uh, even they will not even be penalized by any system because uh, they it's their right. If they haven't received the product in two weeks or three weeks, uh, they can cancel the order. So if like that's uh, the challenge currently with the supply chain. Uh, another thing would be visibility and diversification of different carriers. Because uh, sometimes the carriers, uh, they perform better for certain uh, countries but uh, they stop performing when you ship to the other countries. So you could uh, monitor all the carriers' uh, performance uh, in the system uh, and see which carriers actually perform for which destination. Uh, and then you can uh, mix and match. So, for example, if we're shipping to Brazil, we're going to use DHL. And we're, if we're shipping to Mexico, we're going to use uh, FedEx. So something like that. But you can also explore some of the less known carriers and with that, you can also win extra costs uh, back because UPS and FedEx and the DHL, uh, they constantly raise their prices regardless of how many packages you ship. Uh, I know that another strategy would be to ship as much as possible with just one carrier uh, just to get the discounts. But those discounts, uh, they can be gotten elsewhere with uh, additional carriers that you can introduce in your stack. A typical e-commerce business usually operates with uh, two or three carriers most, like at most. But if you introduce extra carriers, you might save uh, additional costs and you can also get uh, additional reliability uh, because uh, for certain destinations, uh, certain carriers perform best. And you will know that from, from analytics and statistics. Yeah, I love that advice. So if you're a new startup, make sure you're following the poll system sell first, buy the product second, so you're not carrying costs. If you're established, try to establish locally for, you know, reliability. Um, if, it, you know, I'm assuming cost-wise, it's fairly competitive to do that. If you can't do locally, make sure that you have a diversification of carriers, so you diversify your risk, if you will. 
And then also, uh, I like your principle of follow their strengths. In some countries in South America, DHL is awesome. In another country, it might not be. So make sure and follow their strengths. Any other advice for established businesses that are going to Mexico or, or China for cost, but have long lead time and expense? Any other tips or tricks to manage that? Well, actually, uh, when it comes to pre-planning the cost, like basically you need to understand uh, that how much inventory do you actually need? Uh, because when you are uh, purchasing inventory upfront, uh, you have to understand uh, when you are going to get that order. Uh, currently, the shipping times uh, from manufacturer to the premises uh, usually uh, they, they reach up to five months. So when the product gets manufactured and that it gets shipped uh, by the actual ships, uh, and then uh, you get it uh, in US, for example. So uh, you have to pre-plan carefully uh, and allow some lead times uh, to be like to be longer, so that you don't suffer. Uh, I understand that a lot of businesses, uh, when they are nearing the holiday season that we are currently experiencing, uh, they uh, they get left without inventory. And then they finally receive their their entire batch in January when everything's over. <laughs> That's why you get uh, those amazing discounts and uh, even like drop dead uh, great prices after Christmas, just because some of the suppliers they just missed the opportunity window. Yeah. So plan carefully, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's a good tip. So what about on, you talked about the post-customer experience, that's what you're focusing on lately. And yeah. um, how do you ensure so much of our e-commerce world is based on reviews and uh, positive reviews, right? I have books on Amazon and you get one person that might be angry with you or whatever, gives you a one out of five and that, you know. So how do you manage with integrity that process of getting positive reviews so you can build your brand? What, what advice do you have there? Well, I would say, first of all, ask for reviews. Uh, a lot of businesses, they miss this opportunity entirely. Uh, and uh, the customer receives their product, but then there is no email, there is no form that's coming their way asking them for a review. I recently bought a tablet uh, and they didn't ask me for a review. They are so sure of their product that they're not asking. I don't know why, uh, because I would have uh, left them a glaring, uh, great, like five-star review. Uh, then I've seen a lot of uh, businesses also ask uh, at their own time. Uh, so the customer hasn't yet received the product. Uh, and then there is another, like there is an email automation that's already firing. Uh, and the customer is still waiting for the package. Uh, and that gets, uh, that even sometimes prompts the refund request. Because the customer is like, oh, I, I ordered something. Like, they're asking for a review, but they it. haven't received it. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, <laughs> let's refund that. So this is just like the opposite of that. And uh, also have uh, some kind of uh, system where you will see all the reviews and you will be able to react to the negative reviews. Because uh, maintaining positive reviews, that's only part of a problem. Uh managing the negative reviews and addressing all the customer concerns, that's the other part. Uh, so what we do in TrackMage, we just store all the reviews and they are private by default uh, because uh, the, uh, the company can just see all the reviews and follow up with the customers who left negative reviews and had negative experience. Reviews, they are great indicators of problems in your business. 
So let's say they received the wrong product, or let's say uh, they were waiting for too long, or let's say they had a customs clearance problem. That's all on you because you have to uh, foresee all those problems and have uh, the solution for them. Right. And reviews, they are a great way to just measure the performance at the end of a journey, of a customer journey. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, learn from your reviews. They, they could be invaluable feedback to help build your brand and your culture. Okay, what if I have a bad um, rating right now? How do I improve it? Any tips to get my score and average up? That would be just asking for more positive reviews. I wouldn't recommend actually hiring people to uh, write uh, positive reviews. You can also uh, leverage negative reviews in your advertising. Uh, Harman Brothers, uh, they uh, demonstrated like masterfully uh, how uh, negative reviews can boost sales. Uh, when they were advertising certain products, uh, I, I don't remember the exact, uh, the exact example, but uh, you can Google it. Uh, so like Harman Brothers negative review and how they leverage it in, ad it in advertising. Uh, what they did, like essentially what they did was that uh, they used the negative review as the laughing stock. Uh, they just say like, oh, this is like the worst, uh, uh, that's the worst nose clip that this woman from Amazon ever ordered. Like the worst. <laughs> And you could you could definitely have fun with reviews, uh, and uh, not only with negative but also with positive ones. When customers uh, are happy and they have reviews, ask for uh, videos, ask for rich media uh, that they can share on TikTok or other social media, and that will bring you extra sales because customers were going to post those uh, those posts anyway. But if you prompt them additionally so that they get uh, maybe an affiliate commission or some kind of a gift from you, you can get uh, get them to do it intentionally. They can even promote your product some, somewhat. So with positive reviews, you can use them for getting extra exposure on social media. Uh, you can even run contests of some sorts, uh, so where you ask uh, customers to post a picture of, like, of them with the product or using the product. Yeah. And then you just give prizes to the best uh, best videos and best pictures. Yeah, those, those positive reviews are so important. Yeah, a lot of companies have brand ambassadors, right? And they get some kind of benefit, discount, whatever. Uh, if they're representing your product, they get so many points. Yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to build your brand, build your reviews. So, um, Irina, I... I you probably learned a lot from that China experience as far as what to do or what not to do. Any lessons learned that you've applied or you'd like to share to entrepreneurs in general about uh, what went right or what went wrong through that e-commerce uh, fulfillment piece? Is there valuable lessons you'd love to share there? Definitely. So the first one would be to always find the customers that you absolutely love. Because uh, if you are working with customers that are driving you crazy and they are not the best people that uh, under other circumstances, if you didn't need the money, would you work with that customer? Uh, that's a question you could ask uh, yourself. And also uh, those customers that are very problematic because we had, for example, one customer who ordered just like one single tea 
uh, tea bag. But she always asked us, like, oh, what is the label? What is that? What is this? Uh, at some point, we just refunded that without ever servicing her. She said, like, but why? Like, madam, please order tea from somewhere else. We just, we will not do anything. <laughs> it was just literally just like one, uh, one uh, tea bag that uh, she was ordering. Uh, so then uh, also uh, the Pareto principle, like uh, the 20% of customers re like resulting in 80% of revenue. Uh, that's what we understood. And that's why we, at some point, uh, we just switched over to servicing retailers as wholesale supplier. So that's what uh, was like the end of this experience, because previously we were uh, servicing everybody. And then we just focused on the wholesalers uh, or people who were purchasing the goods in bulk. Um, then uh, what also we understood is that customers are impatient to a fault. Uh, so always be there, always reply to the messages because uh, customers get uh, anxious and they refund. And that's why we had to implement a lot of uh, additional functionality to just notify them before they ever have a tendency to ask us questions. So just prevent the questions before they ever happen. Because you actually know about all the questions that the customers are going to ask. If you don't know, just operate the business for one month, you will have a, the list of questions. You can answer them before customers ask them as like frequently asked questions or people don't read. By the way, that's also one of the <laughs> interesting uh, things we understood about customers. So make it visual, make it uh, obvious uh, and uh, send them proactive communication. Uh, any communication gaps uh, result in negative customer experience. So whenever you have the ability to communicate to the customer while we're waiting, this is great. Uh, and always ask them for feedback and adjust. Like uh, ask for feedback, adjust. Like a lot of stuff that you can do with optimization. Yeah, you can. Uh, I love those. Those are really good practical. All your ideas are very practical feels like uh, life learned lessons that you've had. Um, but you could do both strategies, right? You could do your feedback and adjust. And at the bottom say, oh, by the way, here's some other products uh, of course. that we service. So you can get, you know, build trust through asking feedback and adjust, but also you could be doing, you know, some advertising or upselling or downselling of some other products. So both strategies in this case. Yeah. Of your product. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I, yeah. I would like to uh, stress that uh, on Amazon, for example, when you're selling Amazon, you don't have any control over the customer experience because Amazon is going to show them additional products that they think they will buy or the AI algorithm is going to suggest. But they are not going to see only your products. What is good when you have your own platform, like uh, maybe Shopify, WooCommerce Store or any other custom platform, uh, you could have the uh, ability to sell the customers only your products and you have uh, total control over all uh, things that they see and feel and uh, when they buy, you know why. So yeah. that's that's the best part about having your own store outside of Amazon. Yeah. But the negative side is that uh, Amazon uh, actually has a lot of traffic. Uh, that you, If you just uh, rank high uh, in the list, uh, you will always get sales. But uh, outside of Amazon, you will have to take care of the traffic. Right. So, yeah. Really good ideas. Thank you for your openness and honesty and sharing those. Irina, where do people uh, find you if they want to find out more about you and your company? Yeah, well, 
uh, they are welcome on our website, trackmage.com. Uh, and uh, in the footer, you will find uh, all the links to various social media where we are present. Uh, my favorite social media is currently LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also warming uh, warming up towards Twitter, but uh, let's see what Ellen does with, <laughs> with this uh, social media. I'm going to stick to LinkedIn for now. Okay, very good. And just spell out your website, Track Mage. How do you spell that? Uh, okay, uh, it's uh, T R A C K M A G E dot com. Okay. M-A-G-E.com. Very good. Well, Irina, you've shared some amazing, very practical uh, life lessons about e-commerce and fulfillment. Uh, really appreciate your time and all the best of success to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rick. Cheers. Cheers.